Is it fun though? It, keep it fun. No! Is it fun? No! Oh man. No! Oh dearie, dearie, no. dearie, dearie. Do you know, dear. um, we did speak about this in pre production there, but we probably wisely, although by the sort of. Oh, my voice broke there. I'm a man! Uh, we, uh, we probably wisely went without it, even though the style of Packers play people would be used to. We were going to just have a 10 minute struggle poo and record it and then just yeah. release it because that's absolute bowel movement yeah that's what this people game go was. oh my god i can't really see what's going on but i'm listening to the highlights and you're going yeah 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 you it. are yeah. it's oh, no. all poo cack yeah it's just a just an earnest authentic cack uh on audio but we decided against it and we thought we'd spit some words out of our arse instead of uh of uh squeegee yeah. poo daryl I mean, this is this is bad, man. I mean, do you know my, what? My notes, my notes were pretty hilarious. Like, as I use, mm. you know, sometimes I use sentences. Whereas this was just expletives, exclamation marks, question marks, yeah, scribbles. The odd time it's last. I mean, it was all bad. You know, normally mark. I like to go, what's good, yeah. what's bad, you know, or what's green, what's amber, what's red. Mm. Yeah, put those little columns on my notebook and I go through what I like. Yeah, right. Uh, there's, there's nothing. No, okay, I did put the D. Oh. Um, in in amber. Oh, in amber. Who? Oh, that's so color. <laughs> it's a it's a column on my page. Oh dearie, dear. Um, yeah, but I did have the defense. Um, yeah, as orange or amber, if you will. Mm. Nothing in the green. Nothing in the green. No. Nothing. In Just the like you're playing golf. Lots in the red. Nothing in the green. Yeah, basically. Oh no. The one thing about me playing golf is. If you want to find water on Mars, just send me <laughs> up there with a golf club. I will find it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I will find it. Yeah. And then, uh, do you know what, though? You're good for a couple of shots around. Should we talk about Should we talk about football? Will we talk about football? Yeah, let's just... Because uh, I, I got carried away. But I'm at Steady the NFL. He's <laughs> at Daryl J. O'Brien. And we're at UK Packers. Daryl... Yeah. I don't. I'm not going to patronize people by coming in here and saying there's positives of this game. There clearly isn't. Like you, I was. No. Um, or is there? No, there isn't really. But I am. Um, we'll get around to some we'll stuff. Wait till the end and find <laughs> out. Yeah, there won't yeah. be. Any. It's like those YouTube videos. Like, oh, I'm, this is shocking. Listen the whole way through to find out what it is, and you know you can just scrub through. Yeah. Um, there is a couple of things I want to preface it with. I'm not going to annoy people with like, well, actually, when you think about it, right, is because it's pretty pants and this whole thing of. The Packers, which we were, say, one piece away from a Super Bowl contending team, yeah. is pretty much out the window now. But, yep. but, but what I would say is, is that going coming into this game with the Jets, the Jets are no buns. And I think, including myself, not really because I kind of said it, but the Jets, you'd look at the Jets and you just go, historically, they're buns, right? You see the butt yeah. fumble, you see Mark Sanchez. And then you just you just don't talk about them anymore because they haven't been newsworthy. You know, there's that whole stuff, Daryl. And then there's like going forward, then we've got, you know, Zach Wilson and him trying to hit on all these stories about him hitting on his mom's friends and all this kind of stuff. So they've kind of been yeah. like a clown show. But what I did say before in the preview podcast was, is that uh, Quinn Williams is a menace. He was in this game. Yep. Um, and yep. the, the running backs are good and they gouge us a couple of, in, in this game. Now, that's not why we lost the game. I think it's compounded by the fact that um, the Jets are better than people think they are. Um, and that look, just look at the record and look at their past games. For instance, uh, they had two from come from behind wins. 
Um, and then they also maintained that win against the Dolphins and they hung 40 points on them, Daryl. So they can put mm. up points. The, I guess the, the frustrating juxtaposition is that they have a quarterback who is basically just handing the ball off. He hasn't got a whole lot going for him. So it all comes down to coaching and schemes. Whereas Well, he's 10. He's 10. There's that as well. But like we have um, the MVP in Aaron Rodgers and whatever people want to say about, oh, no, Devontae, this, that and the other. Okay, yeah, like, you know, we're lacking. But throwing hero balls, Daryl, into quadruple coverage... Yeah, you know, yeah. and then as well as that, what I will say, and not to be too scatty, is that you know he I, Aaron Rodgers doesn't even have the length on the arm anymore, uh, because the well, balls are dropping short. They're inaccurate as well, so it doesn't always come down to the wide receivers. It comes down no. to play calling. It comes down to coaching. It comes down to effort. Um, it comes down to Aaron Rodgers being accurate. Uh, but I think, you know, and I'm not going to say if he plays in the confines of this system because maybe the play calls Matt LaFleur is calling in are trash and that's what we're seeing here. Um, and that, like some reporters have said, they're playing for the team they want to have and not the team that they do have. Yeah. If you don't have massive receiving threats or someone who can stretch the field, well, then you're going to have to hand the ball off whether you like it or not. Now, we did that as well and arguably you can say between AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, there was some flashes of brilliance, but the ball was handed off, Daryl, and that didn't really work either. Um, so I'll end it here but what I will say is just for perspective the Jets are not as bad as you think they are and the Giants as well have beaten a lot of teams this season Daryl and they're also not as bad now we did go up on half time which again muddies the water because you look at that and go oh we had them bet and then all of a sudden you know they come back and they trounce us what the hell were we doing in the second half but that's a Giants team that adjusted the defence came strong Uh, all of this press man is working on the Packers again like it used to a couple of years ago and we had no answers for it before LaFleur which is the nightmare scenario Um, so that's happened again here but the Giants and the Jets if you get fooled into thinking this is the Eli Manning Giants or you get fooled into thinking this is the Mark Sanchez Jets well then you're going to have egg on your face because these are not bad teams taking that up I mean that's it's like it is one of those things and what I've heard is, and a lot of the comments online have been saying, "Oh, the coaching is not is not up to scratch." Mm. And they're, you know, and I get it. It's human nature to try and find a scapegoat when something appears to be going wrong. The coaching ticket, there is an element definitely of them trying to play the game that they want to play, but they don't have the pieces in place to play it properly. So there's definitely that. But sometimes in sport, you can overanalyze this, and that's our job. That's what we're doing here. But sometimes I think you can overanalyze it. They were all just bad. Mm. There's no reason for it. Maybe there isn't any reason for it. Special teams were awful. Like, the defense was pretty good in the first half. When when it started to go wrong with the defense, the offense was absolutely trash. Special teams, 10-point swing with them. And we, you know, we were just sort of saying how great it was to have a functioning special teams last week, the week before. But they all just were all bad. Aaron Rodgers was bad. Maybe the play calling coming from the sideline was also bad. But there is that kind of thing, and you see it happen in other sports. When they get themselves into a rut, it's near impossible to get out of it unless something changes. Look at Leicester um, in the Premier League at the minute. Look at Liverpool up until recently. They were just hitting this wall where nothing was going right for them. The more they force it, the worse it got. You can look for a scapegoat. You can say it's the manager's fault. But sometimes we just have to ride with it. We just have to go with it. Maybe there isn't anything horribly wrong. They're just in a lull. They're in a dip. Yeah. What are they going to do? But isn't that the problem, though, as well? And I do have to agree with some commentators out there uh, who say that this Packers team looks soft at the core. I think it does. Hmm. Um, I think when the team go down the floor... Now, he's done it before. You see, the problem is, is that, and we've spoke about this before, is that the Packers used to put up a lead and then they used to be able to defend that lead. 
And um, whereas now when we go down and they're the games that we historically lost when we were 13 and 3 and 13 and 4, whatever, and mm. um, was the games that we went down early and then that makes us one dimensional because we automatically get away from the run and then we have to pass yeah. it and then we don't have that capability now. Like arguably you would say that that's the case, but Daryl, there is definitely a scheme out there that you can dink and dunk. Definitely. All you have to do is just keep putting in safety valves. And that's coming from an Irish guy sitting on his couch. And I'm not saying I know better than the Packers, but I just think that they're being, um, you know, more, I don't know, they're more complex than they need to be. Now, Aaron Rodgers said that in the post-game presser where he talks about bringing it back to simplicity and all this type of stuff. And this is the first time that we've had back-to-back losses under the floor. So it's worrying for me that you see them capitulate on the field where we go down a couple of points and all this. And I mentioned this on my personal Twitter. And I really don't care who comes in and starts going on my Twitter, right? It's as simple as this, Daryl, right? And, and I just think it's it's as the body language expert. And I don't care if, you're, if people are going to send me emails. But just, I'm really getting sick and tired. I've spoken about it before of this, you know, behavior from Rogers where he's putting his hands on his hips. He's cursing players out. He's giving them the stink eye. He's... He's hurt his thumb, but he, he has to like, ooh, you know what? And I've seen kids do it. You know, when a kid has something sore or someone wants to play act something, they, they really grimace and they go all for it. That's that's a choice. I'm sorry, mm. but that's a choice to, to go on like, oh, ooh, I've got an owie, you know, and I'm just, whatever. I'm not going to delve into Aaron Rodgers' leadership style. It's not as if he's had a couple of bad games, so I'm turning on him. I've always said this because we have a trope from the group, don't we, that we say, oh, Aaron Rodgers oh, is yeah. smiling. We're going to win this game, like definite yeah. dub. Yeah. And that comes from that because here he is throwing his toys out of the pram. I've seen plenty of players who were capable of or who have been hurt, which haven't shown it or whatever. And I'm not, and people say, oh, you asking to repress his feelings. I'm not. It's just that coupled with all of the other clownish behavior that I see of the expletives the kind of like dejected shoulders down like that gives a and talking about and this i'm talking about a guy who was banging on about manifestation about oh, words i was just about to mention it i was just about you know. to go on about manifesting i mean he's too old for this nonsense but the thing is Daryl, right and whatever beliefs people have and if manifestation gets them off and it helps them have a positive attitude within great you know for okay, some people yeah. it's stoicism brilliant you know go for it that can be really beneficial but what isn't beneficial is when the leader on your team which is which looks rudderless at the minute, spends his time huffing and puffing and passive-aggressively moaning. And, you know, it just looks bad. And maybe that doesn't have any impact on the team. And maybe I'm being ignorant. But I would hazard a guess after having playing, played team sports, working in a company where you are part of a team, if you have someone who's huffing and puffing and moaning and cribbing and throwing their toys out of the pram and, oh, it reminds me of the fast show or whatever that show was where it was Kevin and your man just the teenager just keep complaining all the time. And that's the way it is. And what I mean by rudderless Daryl is, is that I don't think we have the luxury for someone to be doing this. Because if you look at last year, we had Hackett no. in there. We had Stenovic on the O-line. Uh, you know, we had him ribbing the O-line and ribbing the players and all that kind of stuff. And it seemed like the, the locker room was sort of brim, brimming with energy. You spoke about that a lot, that, you know, the locker room truly believed. We had Z Smith two years ago and Preston uh, when Z was playing. You know, holding it together, doing interviews together, uh, really bringing that energy. And then Z Smith got peed off. And that's why he went to the Vikings. And that's why he's so annoyed. Now, I don't know whether much of that is true or it's not true. But what I do know is, is that his energy in the locker room was worth the price of admission. And then you had yep. Campbell with a lot to prove. And then he gets paid and seemingly misses a, a ton of tackles compared to last year. Rasul Douglas is hot and cold. Eric Stokes is pretty underwhelming. The defense is gassed because they can't get off the field. So... The thing about this team is is that it seems rudderless in the sense that they have their Hall of Fame quarterback 
um, who's seemingly giving up sometimes. Like some of the plays that he does there where he's banging the ball into triple and double coverage when mm. the wide receiver's not open. And what I would say is, is that we've seen some Aaron Rodgers brilliance. We saw the long pass uh, that Jones just missed. Uh, we saw the Lazard catch that was pretty much a, what I called it a pass and pray where he literally just banged it into double coverage uh, where he shook off a sack and then gets the ball to Tanya. Aaron Rodgers is still very capable, but what I find with those plays are is they're this, they're similar to the desperation plays he does there that just yeah, don't come off yeah, and look ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's concerning. And just the thing of like AJ Dillon's fumbling the ball. Uh, you know, then they recover the fumble. Then there's a bad snap, and then they have to jump on the ball again because the ball gets batted down. It just and Elton Jenkins uh, has a penalty, and when we get we rip off like a twenty something yard run. As you said, I don't know whether that's a silver lining, Daryl. Where there's so many different things that have gone wrong, including special teams and on defense and missed tackles and Rodgers and then AJ Dillon drops it, then Jones gets slightly injured. Is that enough things to go wrong where you can say, all right, this is just one of those plane crashes where, you know, 20 things have to go wrong to make us look terrible and we still manage to score some points? Or is it that this is such a badly coached team at the minute with discipline and everything else that there's just, you know, where do you put the fires out? Where do you aim the hose? Yeah, I mean, everywhere. And it's one of those things as well. And I think it's going to take another two or three games. Like, I mean, one plus is we've got another 11 games left. Yeah. Um, but the way I would look at this is it is our first back-to-back loss, as you mentioned already. Um, do we, if we lose again, I think you'll see the wheels come off the wagon completely. Because as you say, you know, this is not a team that comes back from when they're down. They can't really come back. They never really could. But I do take a little bit of solace out of the fact of it's just an absolute mess everywhere. Mm. And everything has collapsed. Now, you can't go from a very well-coached team, which seemed to be last year, to a badly coached team, I don't think, unless something changes that you completely change your approach. We've got in a good few rookies, but the team hasn't changed enough for it to become pants. We haven't lost everybody. Yes, we've lost Devonte, but that's the least of our worries right now. And to be very honest, anyone who says we're losing matches because he's not there, I don't buy into that at all. There are certain people that are just not up to scratch. Royce Newman is definitely one of them. They did take him off. Um, my big problem here is is that we don't have enough depth when we have positions like that. you know. And definitely right guard is going to be a problem. What do you do? There's lots of things you can do, but you're only shuffling pieces that are probably not good enough to be there in the first place. So that's a worry. But what I, I, I was always, we were always worried about depth. We were worried about not having the, uh, enough coverage at certain positions. So that's not new. The problem is here is if everything collapses, and I think if, if it keeps going, it keeps hitting their confidence and they keep losing, well, then it's just going to be a spiral. But it is one of those things, if they can all, if the leaders can stand up and say, look, all sorts went wrong there. Let's just draw a line right underneath all that and get back on the horse here. Um, but I think if we see another loss, uh, and we've got the yellow pack uh, football team at least next so it is one of those things with the commanders coming I mean I don't know it, it, yeah. it, everything has to improve so it, where do you fire the hose everywhere yeah I mean I don't know that's the thing I'm, I'm still my head is churning a bit because I don't know whether to take solace in the fact of what's gone wrong or whatever because you look Aaron Rodgers is at the minute uh, extremely inaccurate on the long pass and again you yeah. can say well that's not him that's the wide receiver they're in the wrong spot he's inaccurate plus they're in the wrong spot and that's why it's it's dropped you know we don't have MVS we don't have Devontae Adams you know all that jazz you can say all of that but when you look at Rodgers' struggle you would imagine not unless his arm talent has fallen off a cliff a la you know Drew Brees 
and he can get it back in order. Well, then you're sort of thinking, right, but that's that fixed, I guess. The O-line, he can't get the ball out if the no. O-line keeps falling apart. Now, the problem there is is it's very, very simple and it works when you're in a two-minute drill because we're like, oh, the two-minute drill seems to focus these players, I heard the comms say. What the two-minute drill does is, is it negates any pass rush because you have to get the ball out quickly. And that's all the Packers need to do. And that sounds very simple and very uh, patronising for me. But like the thing is, is that there's part of the magic formula. And that this is something that we've heard week on week that Matt LaFleur has been talking about. I don't like their urgency. I don't like the, how they set up and get the playoff. So just all this week, run a, a hybrid no-huddle offense and just, just blast out plays as much as you can. Yeah. If that involves... Well, that was working for us. Worked for us for the last two seasons. Didn't yeah. that quick ball, just get that ball out as quick as possible. Yeah. The stats back it up. And when you look at the game, it backs it up. As you said, Daryl, back-to-back games, we've never lost. In-game, when we go down... Uh, we very rarely come back uh, because mm. it's a yeah. sort of it's that sort of weak mentality there. I think when it comes to that type of stuff. So how do you do that? So that's a micro level. How do you manage that on a macro level where we've lost back to back games? Because it's always been easy to say on to the next one, one game at a time. Then they lose one and then they win one, and they're like, see, the mentality works. But when they start to spiral out of control, I believe they asked Matt Lafleur, um, you know, how do you fix this? And he turned around and said, I don't know. And that's not the leadership that you need from someone. And I'm, look, and I'm not going balubas here, right? And sort of saying the whole thing is trash, the coaching is trash, the, you know, play calling is terrible, we don't have the players. We have all the bits in place. Um, and when you look at the cool. defense, defense, uh, we have all of the players there. And it's so amazing the way the narrative has gone from, oh, we've the best defense on paper to, oh my God, Joe Barry doesn't know what to do with them. And it's hard to sort of digest that too, because when you look at some of the stuff, because on one hand, Daryl, it was like last when I was doing the preview pod, our defense who completely uh, disintegrated in the second half, were still top five in almost everything. Yeah. So you look at that and you're like, yeah. do you know what? They can play top five in flashes, but then all of a sudden they're gassed and can't play. And then we give up all of those points. And then it comes down to, you know, I mean, how bad could it be? There was like blocked punts. You know, there was that missed field goal as well. You know, it's just like, it becomes comical. I remember times in my life that, you know, you feel like you've hit rock bottom and then then you drop down a notch. And then you have to take the sense of humor in it because otherwise you're just, you know, you just curl up on the ball. So that's the yeah, way. Well, I mean, so you are the body language expert. I like to be the sports psychologist on the show. And one of the things I will say, and I'm taking a little bit of solace out of this as well, is that back-to-back loss was something very psychological because they were thinking to themselves, and a couple of them did say this after last week's loss. I think Jair said it. But he was going, well, we, can't, we can't lose again. We can't lose again. Like, that can't happen. We can't do this again. And then when it started happening, I think, oh, oh it's happening again. And it didn't help them get up off their backsides and get it done. Mm. But a lot of that is, it's a, probably a bad analogy, but you're so precious with your new car, right? You, you, you always wash it. You make sure you don't get damaged. And then you do. And you care less about it then because you've done it. It's done. You just get on with it. You get going. So this back-to-back loss might actually be... Everything else now is, is new territory. Who cares about this back-to-back loss now? It's done. But I did think maybe it played on their minds. become you've never lost two games in a row. And they can't let that happen. And when the wheels start coming off uh, against the Jets, they all started to panic a bit. Nothing went right. You know, silly. And again, you've got to remember these people are humans. They're not machines. They're not pieces of meat. This kind of stuff does get in on them. I have a feeling there's a bit of a rip the plaster off now. You've done it. You've gone and had a horrible statistic. You've got back-to-back losses for the first time under uh, Lafleur. Let's just go on now and play football. Yeah. You know how how much worse could it get? Go play football. You know about it's going to get right. We're coming up against the Commanders. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> now do you know what? Like, look, I mean, it's just it disappoints me, and I know people might feed into the um, 
psychology thing too much and you and I like to have a good delve into it but look we've some tough games ahead Daryl I mean we've got the yeah, Bills manky. we've got the Eagles Randall Cobb is likely on his way to IOR with an ankle injury Watson they're going to probably shut him down for the foreseeable future with that hamstring injury the O-line is, is just awful but I suppose when you look at this bad performance you could fix one of the things that went wrong and then an awful lot of the other things would sort of offset. So you look at the O-line. If the O-line is bad, Rodgers is on his arse most of the time. And in fairness to him at the AG is, he got absolutely drilled a couple of times oh, in that game. Yeah, pummeled. So like yeah. you patch up the O-line. I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do. However, you know, if that is somehow solved and you don't have a game wrecker like Quinn and Williams, who's wrecking everybody's mm. game. Oh, everything. By the way. He's unbelievable. Well, then you're... He's unbelievable. You've more time on the ball um, and you also can pass it off to your running backs and break open running lanes. So that, that sort of, you know, matches that off. And then the narrative comes back in again. Feed Aaron Jones. Give him the ball. Now, he got banged out as well, which yeah, was kind of concerning. He got spat out a few times, yeah, but, yeah, which is a bit unfortunate. But you know, does it come down to something as simple as this? Does it come down to the fact that we didn't give the Giants or the Jets enough respect? Yeah. Because sometimes that's the case. When you look at a team on paper and you say, well, we're, 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 the, you know, we're the Packers, we're going to beat these guys. Um, and I actually do think a lot of it came down to the fact, but certainly against the Giants, we certainly didn't give them on paper enough respect. Um, because as fans as well, you go, yeah, we should beat them day in, day out. Once we're playing well, we should beat them all the time. Maybe the run we have now, because the next, the, the run of the next sort of five, six games, um, they're pretty, pretty manky opponents. So we certainly won't be, we'll be very well drilled and we'll have the utmost respect for everybody else coming up against us. And maybe we should have had our heads screwed on a bit tighter against the two New York teams. And you know what, Daryl? That's easy to do when you ha- you know you have a good team and you're like, ah, damn, we dropped the yeah, ball on that yeah, one. Yeah, but true. I don't know. I think the Packers are starting to lose a bit of self-belief here and we can't patch up the O-line. So I know like when it came to last season, because look, and what you say is entirely valid for this reason. The Packers themselves, the players come out and said after that playoff loss that that's exactly what happened. They looked past that. Uh, in, a, in a season before that, Rodgers was looking past the, the game that they got dumped out in the playoffs again by saying, I thought I would have the Super Bowl, you know, have that whole week to sort of decide what I wanted to do and all this type of stuff. It seems like the whole time they're looking past it. And it's very easy for us to say because by name recognition, you go, the Giants and the Jets, they're trash. Who cares? Let's move on. But the thing is, what's even worse is, is that they spend the entire week from about Tuesday onwards deeply analysing position by position uh, in all of the rooms, you know, where they need to focus, what their strengths and weaknesses are and all this type of stuff. And even after all that, Daryl, it seems that they thought they had their number, be it the Giants and the Jets. And what I would say is, is, look, most of the attitude in a corporate culture or anywhere like a team sport will come top down. And I know people think, you know, you can always have the CEO of some like massive company and it doesn't matter whether he's positive. If the motivation and the, you know, the morale and the team on the lower levels is down because they're getting smashed out of it with late hours, it doesn't really matter how happy Mr. CEO is because the staff still hate working there. But when you're working on a team sport, you're trying to work towards a common goal and you're literally working sort of one task at the other and everybody has to be on the same page for that one directed thing. Well, then when you have Matt LaFleur coming out and going, yeah, it's not a normal week and cribbing and moaning and having just such a rotten attitude coming over to London. And I don't say that as like getting in my feelings that, oh, we should have, they should have performed for us. You know, they should have loved coming here. I know it was a pain in the ass from a coaching standpoint. He said it was like a Thursday night football game. We all know how they hate those. But it seemed like he had a rotten attitude for that. And now they had to come back. Then they elect not to take the bye week they go back to face the Jets and I don't I, I exactly like you said I think that they overlooked it 
Um, I think that their attitude was probably poor. I'd say there was a couple of people probably moaning about the fact that it's a short week because they're jet lagged because they had to get back and then they can't practice on Monday because they have to whatever. You know, and I'm sure they saw it as like, oh, we're kind of condensed now and trying to shove everything into the one spot. And so they feel like they're on the back foot here. I think it's very important that they regroup there and give the right message here because... I don't think it can be understated between Zadarius Smith and Preston, between uh, Campbell coming in and doing his stuff, between Devontae Adams always being that veteran leader presence uh, in that room, between Stenovich in the O-line, you know, cribbing it up and messing it up and, you know, having fun with the lads, between LaFleur giving that sort of message and all this, Hackett always making people a bit lighter in practice and making sure that it was fun and everything else. Tonyan and Rogers was on that Barstool podcast banging on about how no one has an ego and all this type of stuff. You know, and then you have Jair, as you said, coming out and saying, oh, if we lose again, it's big trouble. He played a sensational game. So here's one guy who says, oh, we better not let that happen again. He's doing all he can to try and make it not happen, but still the team falls because of just absolute brain fart stuff. So I just think it's it might have a momentous impact on the identity of this team because that is exactly what they had to mend uh, when Gudekunst took over, when McCarthy left. They were left with a locker room, Daryl, that had basically, had just were still uh, drunk off that NFC Championship loss to the Seahawks and that's kind of how they saw each other and that was said by the top brass and I feel like they just shirked off that thing and we're in danger now of not only falling into that thing of where we get dumped off in the playoffs it's now mid-season Daryl back-to-back oh, yeah. losses yeah uh, it's yeah, yeah. you know and the big the big problem is it's all about the attitude and actually you know we can analyze this game till the cows come home but let's be fair it's what they do next against what they do against Washington and what their attitude is like what you'd hope to see is there's obviously a lot of cribbing everyone seems to be blaming everyone else they're all throwing their arms up going we don't know what's happening but let's hope that the foundation they built and all that huff and bluster is true so that foundation is strong that they can handle all this fighting falling out and then get back up and get on with it again but i think they'll they will be defined this entire season will define this team as to how they play next and a win against washington can't be overstated how unbelievable that would be in light of what we're just seeing because it does look like everyone's pointing the finger going it's not me i don't know what's going on it's so you know it's this it was that it was the other thing and they were you always find that as well that They'll find excuses for how bad everything is when stuff starts to go wrong. I often remember looking at Tiger Woods. When Tiger Woods was playing well, he was smiling ear to ear. Everything was having a laugh and a joke. But as soon as it was going badly, he went in on himself. He became cranky. Clubs were getting fired around the place. But it's how it's what you do next. That's what we're going to judge this team on the next game. I can't believe we're saying it. We're going to be seven games into the season. Um, and we're basically going to define this whole team will have to define itself by how it plays next yeah the only the only small solace is that these aren't divisional games however the Vikings are running away with the division now at this stage they're going to be I think their banner makers are going to be doing their banner as we speak (laughs) to hang up in their their stadium but look at I mean they're getting the job done as much as we want to take the piss out of the Vikings the fact is is that week in week out they're getting the win and we could be doing the same now you know, our good friend Peter always has that phrase, is that it's not as good as you think it is and it's often not as bad as you think it is. It's somewhere in the middle. I will say is that in this game, so for instance, the silver lining, and I'm not, I don't mean people to switch off, the silver lining with the Giants game was is that they put up a fantastic half, we could have run away with it, we didn't. That's a massive boo-boo. That's on mm. us and it's not something to be celebrated, of course. The Jets... When we look at this Jets game, I mean, you know, anything that could go wrong really did go wrong. You know, our sure-handed wide receiver, Randall Cobb, gets injured, he's out. You know, Jones looked a little bit knocked up. God knows what he was carrying there. They had a fantastic defense. We underestimated them. Aaron Rodgers was inaccurate. Our special teams was pants. You know, the defense coughed up some stuff. So when you look at it, there, everything that could go wrong kind of did go wrong. So it still came down to a game where you're looking at it going, all right, you know, we're two touchdowns away. It's not great, but they didn't drop a 50-burger on us. They hung 40 on the Dolphins, the, the time before 
Now, it's not good enough because we're at home. But No, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. But this this is so bad that it is. it, it would be funny if you weren't sitting there supporting them. It is one of those things where you're going, look, uh, what can you do? We still didn't, as you said, they didn't put 40 points up on us. If if one thing had gone right, if the special teams, I mean, let's face it, the special teams alone basically cost a ten point flip, mm. and you know, and, I'm, and it's still not good enough, right? I don't want to win badly either, but one of the things had hung on in there. If the defense had played well, if special teams hadn't have had an absolute mess, we probably we would have been within a score. That's yeah. a different ball game. And look look at the wins that the Jets have accumulated now, us included, and then look at the Giants, what they've accumulated. You know, I mean, there are these. They're they're beating other teams as well. It's not as if we're you know we're just no, the, the, true. the we're thing not an is outlier. no. But the standard of football cannot be excused. I mean, it was awful, and the play column was crap. Uh, the execution was awful across the board. But you wouldn't imagine you would have famous last words. But you wouldn't imagine that you would have such a rock bottom performance. Uh, going ahead, and I'm not very dramatic, Daryl, right, uh, at all, because we're Irish, right? We don't we sort of like, cut right down the middle a bit. Um, but when it comes to this next game. Unfortunately, I have to say it, it is a must-win game. And it's a must-win game because yeah. to lose three on the trot... Um, because, look, the fans are baying for blood now. And I've seen people already say, oh, the floor should have been let go after that playoff yeah, loss last year. You know, like same, there's some yeah, wild stuff going bonkers. on. But, yeah. like, you know, if you lose to the Commanders, who are a very, very poor football team, if you lose to them, you know, and they they have their own turmoil going on. It's just, it's like, their coach is, like, expletive-ridden rants and he's leaving the team. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. throwing his yeah. own quarterback under the bus and then going in to get him back out from underneath the bus again, right? Uh, in not good shape. We need... To beat this team because they're a bad football team. And so we need to put up... We don't even have to play our best football to try to get over this team. And I would imagine that if we squeaked by either the Giants or the Jets, the Commanders could be one of the teams that we fall to because we're like, ah, who are these guys? You know, yeah, we just it happens all the time. Yeah, it is banana skin. Yeah, it is banana skin teams. But I, I, I agree. I don't want to be getting all dramatic. Cause, but I think this case, they have to win this game to show that they can come back from back-to-back losses and win. I do need them to win well as well. I guess they don't they don't need to play their best to beat Washington, but they can play like they played before. Um, so it's one of those things of if let's let's just break the game down really simply. Let's make it special teams, offense, and defense. Two of those three need to function properly. I want to see a real improvement there in two of those three. Yeah, that would be great. Because I mean, some of the stuff we saw, Daryl, was just lads not being marked, Jesus. not not you know yeah. not being picked up, and then they would like straight up the middle, and they would block Pat O'Donnell, and then all of a sudden there's a swing on the field, they turn the tables, you know, it's not good field position, it's awful, and that's why you well, know it was actually was some of it was very petty, some of it was like get up off your arse, like go close go close that ball down, like what are you doing sitting there looking around as if oh look it's all gone horribly wrong, get up and get on with it. It was yeah. like looking at petulant millionaires, like you'd see a lot with, in football, in soccer, that is. You know, you're going, instead of like, the team of Galacticos, you know, having 11 superstars playing for themselves, mm. it didn't look like a team. It looked like they were all sitting there throwing their arms up going, oh, this happened to me. And like, Get up and get on with it. Keep going. And you know what? Um, some lad got back to me on Twitter under my A Rod tweet and said, "Oh, what do you want them to do? Start shouting in their faces like Tom Brady?" Do you know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. I take that. I take Aaron Rodgers going up and trying to put some pep in it yeah. instead it of throwing his helmet down. And... Give it the Alex Ferguson hairdryer treatment at halftime. Like, yeah. Stop, stop messing around and get on with it. But who's... oh, it's going badly. Keep going. Who's doing it, Darlin? Who's keeping people accountable? Because as well as that, like, what can't be understated, I don't think in the O line is, is that Bakhtiari has played his first full game. 
in that game. And okay. again, like he made some mistakes. But when you look at it, I mean, that guy, he was limping off the field, the, the training pitch there um, a couple of weeks ago. I just wonder what headspace that he is in. You know, you'd expect him to be a leader and all that, but he's got to worry about his own stuff. And I wonder, like, how much of his rehab and him trying to get out there and him trying not to make that mistakes. Like, Bakhtiari would have been the guy to go out and lead by example and, and take the piss and sort of, you know, roil people up and get them to perform at their best and all this type of stuff. But who do we have on the O-line now that's that veteran presence, Daryl, that's going to lift people up yeah. like that? You know, no, and I don't feel to. that we, oh, that's what they have, we have to do, have though. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that, but they need to do it. Paul O'Connell once played a game for Munster with a broken arm. There you go. He didn't think about himself. He kept going. you gotta get you got to get it done. And I think, look... Maybe I'll leave, I'll, I'll stop my rant with a quote from Churchill. And he always said that if you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to come out the other side. Yeah. So that's what we need to do against Washington. Put the heads down, get the job done. One of my all-time favourite quotes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, look, I mean, the, it just looks all wrong at the minute, but it's not something that we can't turn around. And I don't mean that in some sort of like, yeah. oh, you know, hippy-dippy, like, let's all hold hands and we'll all be great now. I just think that the areas that went wrong, like, special teams had been sensational up to that point, pretty much. There were some brain fart moments, yeah. but they were still good. Aaron Rodgers, you don't just fall off a cliff overnight, although some do. Nope. Um, I was going to make a quip about, like, oh, you know, people are asking, should Aaron Rodgers have retired uh, at the start of the season? And arguably he has. <laughs> so when you look at it... Yeah, I think he it's has, sort of, actually, you know, yeah. and, and then, of course, if, if people as well saying, like, oh, you know, this is what we're going to have to get used to for the foreseeable... Maybe. I don't know. But all I know is, is that we have a back-to-back MVP in there. Uh, they they do need to do what he is saying and just simplify things. I just think there's yep. absolutely no shame in saying, hand the ball off as much as we can. When it's definitely not working, just try dink and dunk. Just do crossers, just yep. do slants, just bunch up the receivers. Do any way you can, hit the ball with your arse. Just get it five yards, four yards, three yards per down and just try really grind it out. It doesn't have to be sexy football. It doesn't have to be the football, Daryl, that Matt LaFleur promised Aaron Rodgers no. when he got there by saying because remember when he came and they were like oh will, will they get along and then Matt LaFleur uh, was showing them all these plays where they could tear the top off the defence and Rodgers was like oh my god there's some plays in there that are absolute dynamite they just absolutely gouge defences no one can defend against them you might not have that team anymore you don't have MVS who was inconsistent but was willing to draw oh, yeah, he, he could he could pull those yeah, off of yeah, he really could do it yeah I mean but there Jimmy is a, Graham but bless him Darrell he used to gain double coverage when he was there and he did nothing yeah 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 actually and, and on that point what I'm beginning to worry about the playbook is, is the, does the playbook have anything that isn't sexy in it? Can you just drop the sexy stuff? Because Rogers does that. Now, it's his own personal playing style as well, that even if it's not on, he'll go, no, nah, I'm going to do it. Mm. And he'll fire it into four deep coverage because he thinks, you know, if this comes off, it's going to be amazing. Don't do that. No. Just don't do that. Go back to boring playbook. Go back to keep the ball going. Keep recycling it and get it, get it into the game. Stop firing balls left, right and centre that no one's going to get near. You know, it's almost one of those things of he goes all in when it's going badly instead of, you know, take a, se- take a step back a small bit. Just protect the ball. And you know what? And this is just my silly uh, observation. But I just find that when LaFleur came, Rogers was willing to try make the point, I think, to the press that he wasn't this diva, that he wasn't this hard to work with guy and he would get behind Matt LaFleur. And by falling straight into the system and then knowing, because his stats the first year dipped, um, in the sense that, you know, he wasn't getting the, you know, those long passes and all this type of stuff. He was kind of just fitting into doing what he should be doing. And I don't know whether they've got away from that. And I don't know whether LaFleur has given him the license to do it because they don't have Devonta anymore. 
or I don't know how much Rodgers was actually saving the floor's ass when it came to calling a play and then he'd bail him out with a play to Devontae. And they were very, very good, Daryl, at giving each other the credit, saying, oh, Matt LaFleur is a genius. Yeah, and, and then Matt LaFleur yeah. would be like, oh, it's not me, Rodgers is a magician. But I just wonder, Daryl, how much that understanding will start to grind down a bit if it doesn't work. Now, Rodgers did come out in the post-game presser and say that nobody works harder than LaFleur on the, on the play calls and he's always in there. And there's absolutely no doubt there, but something clearly isn't working. So I just wonder how much that starts to grade on people and it starts... Because, again... We've seen Rogers do it before. You know, it, uh, McCarthy's death knell was him criticising the playbook with Buffalo. And he came out this time around and said it should be more simple. It should be whatever. And of course, people are reading into it saying that he's taking shots at the floor. I don't think he is. But as well as that, I don't think what he's saying is particularly invalid either. Because what they're doing right not now, true. not working. Do something different. Yeah, it's not working. Yeah, no, exactly. And I th- maybe, maybe it's the fault of the playbook. Maybe it's Rogers himself forcing it slightly. Um, maybe it's a combination of both. But we're all we're going to find out against Washington because if the wheels come off the wagon, the pressers will be invaluable listening. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. I just you know what, and I hope for this team, and I'm obviously joyful for the team, and I'm not one of these guys who just wants to go and you know fire sale everything. And I do see comments out there where people are saying, oh, you know, whatever about getting the wide receiver, that's not the problem. Let's just get rid of players that we can now and start this rebuild early. Like, you know, no no fan really wants to admit that that's the case. No, and I don't no. see how the team... Because look, at, I mean, Campbell was a But what are you going to do? What are you going to do, though? What, you know, when they talk about starting the rebuild now, what are you going to do? Like, how? What are you going to do now that's any different than them just keep them going? Yeah, exactly. And you need to blood the young players and all this type of stuff. Yeah, and if you're you gonna do? arguably catching passes from Rodgers, albeit he's not perfect, but he can be absolutely like... World. Oh, yeah. He can be as close to. He can be as close yeah, to. Be- yeah. Best in the world. I mean, you know, back-to-back MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer, you could carve up his career yeah. and stats into whatever. You know, we can go down that sort of road. But the thing is, when you're pa- catching passes from him, you know, you have to blood these young guys. Look, we're behind the team. We want the team to win. Yep. We want the attitude to be good. We want the play to be better. Uh, you know, all three phases have led us down um, in the last game and a half, really. Um, and we just need to see that turn around. And Daryl, if anything, the Commanders is going to be a good game for that because we should be able to get our feet hopefully underneath us and stop being so seasick um, and get our sea legs. But um, Yeah, absolutely. So there it is. Anyway, look, uh, go Pack Go. I've been at yeah. Steedy the NFL. He's been at Daryl J. O'Brien. Patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. Stay tuned to YouTube.com forward slash UK Packers because I have that March unboxing coming out in the next couple of days. And there's some absolutely sensational stuff in there as well. And I have a big old stack of cheese heads as well to give away as the guaranteed prize. Uh, Milos, haven't forgotten about you. Neil Barkle, haven't forgotten about you either. Um, it's all just coming down and winding down after London. So I should get my own sea legs underneath me as well. But anyway, uh, tune in for the preview show, which is also... Quicks the podge for your It's going to be a really, really fast one this week. It's going to be win. Win. That's it. Yeah, just the Alex Ferguson branch of last. Yeah. It's the commanders. Just win. Yeah, it's commanders. Win. Anyway, talk to you in a couple of days.